Last week on HPH, we gave you official findings in regards to the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. According to that version, Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone in killing the president and was part of no larger conspiracy. But, according to polls taken over the last few years, the majority of Americans don't believe that is true. In this episode, we're going to take a look at some of the more widely known conspiracies and see what the evidence says. If you're a big supporter of those theories, the evidence is still probably going to say that you're a nut bar and you shouldn't be allowed around sharp objects. Or will it? Settle in and grab a drink for this episode of 100 Proof History titled The Kennedy Assassination Part 2 Conspiracy Queries. This is 100 Proof History. We're drinking whiskey and talking history. So, grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy a few laughs as the guys talk about all the horrible things people do to each other. Here are your hosts, Chris and Greg. All right, well, just like last week, I feel like I need to clarify that modifier at the end of the title. Mm -hmm. Conspiracy queries? Just questions. Queries? Questions. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once again, I have to change all the stuff I've written to follow that up. Okay. Not a homophobic podcast at all. (laughs) No. If you listen to it, obviously not. We are very supportive of that uh, side of the sexual spectrum. Mm, Very. Well, hello, Chris. Hey, Greg. How are you? you? I'm pretty good, man. Pretty good. Yep. Uh, you know, just a little peek behind the curtains for the listener. When we start to record episodes, you know, we want to get that that natural flow of conversation down. So uh, we'll talk before we actually start recording. Yes, yeah, so we have to practice talking to each other because... <laughs> <it's laughs> Hello, not... Chris. I am a human. Hello, Greg. I respect <laughs> you as a human. <laughs> but, you know, we just get that conversational flow down. We just bullshit and have a few drinks or whatever. But this time, you know, we're talking about the episode and all the conspiracies, and that just kind of led into, we just got to talking about, like, you know, why would somebody believe this or this or this? And these aren't theories that we necessarily agree with. Right. We're we're going to try to explore, like, kind of why people do. Right. Paint the evidence for and against. Yeah. And you'll notice a certain slant towards a particular theory. As we go forward, you'll notice which way we're leaning. It's it's pretty obvious. We painted on pretty thick. The problem is a lot of people who, you know, believe in conspiracy theories haven't looked at the other side of it. And a lot of these guys who peddle their various conspiracy theories just make up shit and lie about stuff. And they come up with ominous things where there aren't ominous things. So I don't blame anybody that does believe a specific conspiracy theory. I don't blame them as that person. I blame the person that's putting bad information out there. Right, because somebody will present something as truth and very, very conveniently leave out specific things that are in direct contradiction to it. Right. Exactly. You know, so as somebody that's just taken that all in, it's easy to be like, oh, man, that makes all the sense in the world. Right. Meanwhile, like eight nails in the coffin. For that theory, they're they're over here. Yeah, but they just they didn't bring them up. Yeah, they might say, "Oh, witness X saw this, and this happened, and this happened." And they don't tell you witness X is completely fucking nuts, and also says they're the son of God, and you know, tried to fist fight a city bus the same day they saw all this. You know, it's just <laughs> yeah. there's 
you know, they leave exactly. out, they float what makes them look good and what sells their book. So, yes, but we'll get into all of that as we go forward. We got a lot of dissecting to do here today. So, yeah, no, definitely we will. A lot of sexy dissecting of human, but I mean, of this story. <laughs> anyway, check us out at hundredproofhistory.com. There you can find little mini bios on us. You can uh, check out older episodes. Check out our Patreon. I don't know. Whatever. Chris, why don't you tell us about our sources? Okay, we have two sources. Technically, kind of two and a half, but two main sources today. End of Days by James L. Swanson, we told you about last week. Same guy who wrote the book on our Lincoln Assassination series. Both great books. Yep. And Case Closed, Lee Harvey and the Assassination of JFK by Gerald Posner. Um, this book does take the angle that Oswald did it alone, but it also looks at all the various conspiracies and how that ties in. So it's, it's a very compelling read, and I do encourage you guys to read it. Also, currently listening to an audiobook of uh, Vincent Bugliosi's uh, History Reclaim, or I'm sorry, Reclaiming History. Um, it, it, again, kind of takes the angle that Oswald did it alone. 1,600 pages, and infuriatingly to Greg, it comes with a CD-ROM, even though it was released in 2007. I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't think CD-ROMs existed in 2007. I don't... CD-ROM, not a DVD. <laughs> no. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm out. That's, I don't believe in that conspiracy. Yeah, I was about to say, that's the conspiracy Greg is going to you know throw out there. <laughs> CD-ROM didn't exist in 2007. Anyway. No! That it did is the conspiracy. Ah, uh, gotcha. Wake up, sheeple! <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that is also a very good book. And he makes some good points in there, and we'll get to those as we go forward. But, uh, you know, we're kind of teasing you right now, but let's just talk about what we're drinking today, Greg. I, myself, I'm having Lone Elm. I was at the liquor store, wanted to find a tie-in. Fuck, Lone Elm? Dude, mm. JFK's the lone person that died on Elm Street. That day in Dallas. Or Lone was Elm. he? Bah, bah, bah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's made here in Texas. It's uh it's very oaky. That's very that's probably your best tie-in ever. That's very fantastic. That's not even true. <laughs> that was extremely lazy. It's usually uh yeah, today we're talking about, I don't know, Jesus yeah, yeah. Jesus, and I'm drinking uh Lafroig, because Jesus would have liked Lafroig if he was around when it was made. All right, back to you, Chris. Not even true. What are you drinking, idiot? <laughs> I am having TX Texas Straight Bourbon Whiskey. This is a barrel proof, 127 proof, because I'm a man, damn it. I don't care what my wife says. <laughs> it's good. It's also oaky. Uh, it ties in because it's made in Fort Worth, Texas, which is the last city that JFK left alive. Yeah, and mine's lazy. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you ready to dive in? The conspiracy. Are you ready for all the angry emails that are going to come out of this episode for talking about conspiracies? I can't wait. I'm going to reply to every one of them so angrily. I'm going to be here with my typing. I live in an efficiency apartment. My third floor neighbor is going to hear, clack, 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 clack. fuck you. <laughs> clack, 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 clack. On the typewriter before yeah. you take a picture with your phone and upload it? Yes. Send it through email? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, Greg, the first thing we're going to look at is, was Oswald a slash the shooter? I would like to recommend that anyone who hasn't listened to the last episode go back and do so, because it's going to give you sort of the official account of the story, 
kind of give you some timing where everybody was. Um, you might need to call back to that during this episode. Like, oh yeah, so-and-so was here when this happened. So take a listen to that when you get a chance. I, like I said, I especially recommend you do so before diving into this episode. Well, last week we told you that following his arrest, Lee Harvey Oswald was interviewed and claimed to be a patsy. A Patsy Klein impersonator. And so he just sat in the interrogation room singing, you know, I go out walking after midnight. <laughs> It's the only time in his life he didn't fucking mutter. He did a fantastic Patsy Cline impersonation. <laughs> yeah. That was the only time he had any confidence in the world. Say what you will about this Marxist who killed the president, but goddamn, could he nail that Patsy Cline? Oh, <laughs> uh, all our listeners are like, what the fuck is Patsy Cline? Google it, you 12-year-olds. <laughs> well, although Lee Harvey Oswald was a criminal who was under arrest for two death penalty murders, and although he had lied about stupid shit that could easily be disproven, there were still a lot of people who believed Lee Harvey Oswald was telling the truth. He was a patsy, and he'd been set up, and hadn't even fired a shot. This theory is supported by the ideas that there is a photograph that shows Lee Harvey Oswald in front of the book depository at 1230 when the shots were fired. So how could he be on the sixth floor at the same time, Greg? Well, I don't know, George, I don't know. And that photo of Lee holding the rifle used to kill Kennedy? That's allegedly a fake photograph because Lee claimed he never owned a rifle at all. Also, when they tested him for gunpowder, his hands tested positive, but his cheek, which would have been up against the butt of the rifle, showed no signs of gunpowder. Oh. I'm, I'm sorry, I got distracted. I said butt and cheek in the same sentence. I'm going to need a, need a fiver. <laughs> hey. I got a jacket. <laughs> I gotta I gotta do that Jackie O real quick. <laughs> okay, well first, the photo that allegedly show Lee Harvey Oswald in front of the book depository is a photo of all the depository employees that came downstairs to watch the parade and is taken from a distance. Well since this photograph has come to light, another employee, Billy Lovelady, has come forward and said he is the man that people claimed was Lee Harvey Oswald, and the people standing beside Lovelady in the photo have backed him up. Even though Lovelady is obviously a fake name, Greg. Just saying. Dude, I love that last name. <laughs> Lovelady? He was just a playboy, you know? Yeah. Named after what he did on the daily. <laughs> I wonder what my last name would be. I'd probably be Fuck Lady, because I'm all out of love. Or maybe I'd be like Suckman. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I do. No no explanation needed there. Okay. Well, further, several witnesses say they never saw Lee come down to see the president. Remember asking him if he was going to go outside, but he muttered something stupid and stayed inside instead. Okay, Greg, but what about that Photoshop of him holding a rifle in his backyard? They had Photoshop in 1963, obviously. You know they did. Yeah. Dude, CIA. They still used CD-ROMs back in those days. Psh. Yeah, they did back then. <laughs> actually didn't exist then. God damn it. You backed me into a corner. Well, Lee said that photograph was a fake because Lee was a goddamn idiot who lied about obvious things. Like when he's being interrogated, they say, is this a picture of you? He's like, no, that's not me. Someone's faked that. And then he's like, they put my head on that body. And they're like, so that is your face. Okay, yeah, it's my face, but it's not my, but fine. And he's <laughs> dressed in all black with the rifle. Yeah. And the pistol. And then, like, <laughs> before he's led from the city jail to the county jail, you know, when he was actually arrested? Yeah. He was wearing his white t-shirt because they took his 
his actual button-up shirt for evidence. And what's he request? Black sweater right. from his house. Mm-hmm. He wants to be dressed in all black again. Huh. Huh. What a weird conspiracy. Well, that photograph has been analyzed multiple times over the last 57 years, with it being computer analyzed as recently as 2015. While these analyses have shown that the photograph is authentic and has not been tampered with. Okay. Well, now that lack of gunpowder on his cheek is intriguing, isn't it? It is. Well, that gunpowder on his hand makes sense if you accept that he shot Dallas Police Officer J.D. Tippett. Which, uh, by the way, there's a bunch of ridiculous theories around that murder as well. Like, maybe J.D. Tippett was a part of the conspiracy and was trying to kill Oswald before he could get away. Or maybe J.D. Tippett was actually killed by the husband of the woman he was cheating on his wife with. You know, just crazy shit that has no basis in reality, but ignores the fact that there are countless eyewitnesses to Oswald shooting Tippett and people who followed him all along the way, ballistics match, all that shit. Well, and that's the best thing about... I'm sorry, I I hate to use best thing as the, the phrase, but that is a huge thing about any public trauma, any trauma shared over a large mass of people is there's going to be just these crazy fucking theories. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but they don't have a basis in reality. Right. Like with this, there's hundreds and hundreds of different theories. And, you know, some are more plausible than others, but at the end of the day. Yeah. The actual official account, in my opinion, spoiler alert, makes the most sense. Oh, well, we're just throwing that out there like 10 minutes into the podcast. Just turn the episode (laughs) off. Fuck it. Oh, here come the angry emails. Shit. Okay, so if you accept that he shot J.D. Tippett, there might be gunpowder on his hands, but why was there no gunpowder on his cheek, which was pressed up against the butt of the rifle? Well, that's because guns don't fucking work that way. That's why. They don't blast powder fucking everywhere. Like, you aren't just covered in gunpowder when you operate a bolt-action rifle. You cycle the bolt, the powder comes out that was inside the barrel. You put another round in, let's go. It doesn't just explode everywhere out of every crevice. Right, and if it's on your right cheek, and it's coming out the right side of the gun, then it's coming out away from your face. Right, it doesn't make sense, yeah. But even further than that, even if you're like, okay, I don't believe you, this is a shitty Italian-made rifle, which I understand because Italians can't do anything fucking right, Uh, even if you don't accept that answer, they tested this rifle several times, and everyone who shot this rifle never had powder on their cheek when tested. And this is one of those things you can test yourself. Go buy this fucking gun. Mm -hmm. You can do this. You can get a gunpowder test kit. It's not hard, but it's very obvious. Yeah, for legal reasons, though, I need to state that we're telling you to buy the gun but not shoot a president. We We can't say that on the show. I've already had the Secret Service at my house like six times this week for various things I've said on the internet. You've had the SS over at your house, but it didn't stand for Secret Service. Oh. You know, that explains... You're a, you're a racist piece of shit. That that's, explains that's so <laughs> much about those meetings. I thought the Thunderbolts meant Secret Service. Yeah. I put out some cheese and crackers. I'm like, you guys want some crackers? And like, what the fuck did you just call me, you stupid bitch? I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. Man, this hate has really made these guys go bald early. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. They don't have any asses either. They all have suspenders to hold their pants up. (laughs) That's weird. Yeah, they obviously shave their head because it makes them more speedy when they got to protect the president, Greg. (laughs) (laughs) Think about it for a sec. (laughs) 
Yeah, it does make complete sense. Open your eyes, sheeple. Okay, so what evidence do we have that Oswald was on the sixth floor and fired the rifle? Well, we have eyewitnesses who gave the description that led to the arrest of Oswald. His palm print was on a box in the sniper's nest. A clipboard with his handwriting showing book orders he filled out was found on the sixth floor. And the paper bag he had carried the quote-unquote curtain rods in was found on the sixth floor. Let me stop you there. If that's all the evidence, this really seems like a flimsy case. (laughs) It does. But also, Oswald's fingerprints were found on the trigger of the gun. His palm print was found on the barrel of the rifle. There are conspiracy theory books that claim no prints were found on the gun, but they're either just straight up fucking lying, or they're twisting the words of an FBI tech who didn't find the palm print that the crime tech for the Dallas PD had actually recovered before sending the gun to the feds. Oh. Yeah. Well. So, yeah, so we have, hey, I just like 10 or 12 fucking things tying him to the sixth floor at the time, and the rifle. Ugh, okay, but yeah, whatever. Hopefully, by this point, you're willing to accept, maybe, that Oswald held the gun and was on the sixth floor where that gun was found, but what if he was just holding it and never fired it? Kind of like me and my penis. I hold it all the time, but only like once in every six months does it get to just... But it's more like a... Beep. I, really, it's more like a... Puff. Little drip. Just <laughs> sits on the tip. It doesn't even fall off. Mm-hmm. Just a drip sitting there. You know what? That's too <clears throat> That's too real to leave in the podcast. It's actually striking close to home <laughs> and it's hurting. Like, if it had a sound effect, it would just be like... <clears throat> if it had a sound effect, it'd be Wolf Dick playing the sad horn. <laughs> it's just... Sad horn's like way too long for that event, though. That's true. And just kind of like, mm. <laughs> yeah. So what if he was just holding it and never fired it? I mean, what if he was a fucking time traveler and he'd come back in time to actually stop the assassination, but he failed? Ooh, makes just as much sense because the bullet recovered from the thigh of Governor John Connolly, as well as the bullet fragments in his wrist and all the bullet fragments found inside the president's skull were a perfect neutron match for each other and a ballistic match for the rifle Oswald had. Well, I mean, that's not proof. No, that's... Wait, fuck. I, I guess that is proof. <laughs> Anybody can plant bullet fragments inside a president's brain and then fake a neutron match. Anyone can do that, Craig. I do that all the time. Okay, sort of a tangent here, but that also leads us to the magic bullet theory. Uh, some people still believe that the bullet that hit Connolly and JFK would have had to turn multiple times to hit both of them. What these people don't realize is that Connolly was sitting low and to the left of JFK and slightly turned to his right at the time the shot was fired, and he was not directly in front of him, and the trajectory of the bullet was in a straight line. And like I just said, all of the fragments were analyzed on an atomic level and found to match each other. In addition to all of this, several recreations of the shot have been done by both actual snipers and by computers, and they have found the single bullet theory to be legitimate. Not to mention the countless ballistic experts who testified that the bullet would have behaved exactly as it fucking did. But what if my feelings tell me it isn't plausible? (laughs) Yeah. What then? Oh my god. Are we just going to discount how I feel? When formulating a conclusion? Uh, yeah, well, no, we can't do that, Greg. 
that is a big part of conspiracy theories, and we'll get to that in a second with the uh, the trajectory of the bullets that killed JFK. People are like, I don't believe it. It's like, well, science has proven it. Yeah, but I don't believe it. You're like, oh, my God. So here's the thing. The way that Elm Street curves, mm-hmm. you know, when it when it moves away from the sixth floor mm-hmm. of the Texas School Book Depository, is it basically lines up a perfect shot for somebody angling out of that window. And you can look at recreations of what he saw on that day. This is not a hard shot. A little too perfectly lined up, if you ask me. Hmm. Mm. What do you know? But he had a four times magnification rifle, which is not a lot. Mm. But it's enough to put something that you're looking at in your peripheral into your exact vision. Like, it's it's pretty easy. Yeah. You know, if he was using, like, a 16X rifle or something, that would be stupid because it would take so long to actually line up that it, it wouldn't make sense that that happened. Right. But it was a 4X. And he actually missed his first shot. His second shot didn't hit where he wanted it to hit, and his third shot did. Mm-hmm. And now it's a 190-yard shot. That's, you know, what, 63 yards? That's ridiculously close for a scoped rifle. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, when he was using iron sights and getting sharpshooter status at 200 yards. Right. With iron sights. With standing with iron sights, it's, not set up on standing. a perch. Yeah. yeah. Not perched with his fucking arm able to... I mean, it's, it's just too obvious to me. Too obvious. A little too obvious. <laughs> this makes too much sense. <laughs> I like m- which means it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> yeah, but my feelings, that's all I'm saying. It's like that time you told me about when you walked in the bedroom and your wife's boyfriend was on top of them. And they were naked and his penis inside of her vagina. And you're like, no, they're not having sex. Greg, Greg, they were having sex. I know it, it made too much sense that that was happening. I, mean, I know that, but it, it was happening, buddy. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> He's an alien. Oh. And his heart is in his penis. Or what our race calls a penis. Oh. And she was using her Kegel exercises to give him CPR because he was dying. Oh, my God. You're an idiot, Chris. We're through the looking glass, people. Wake up. Well, of course, none of these crazy theories really explain Oswald's behavior following the shooting. He was the only book depository employee to say, eh, fuck it, that's my cue to call it a day. Actually, I'm sorry, let me back that up. Eh, fuck it, so it's time to go home, I guess. I'm done working for the day. <laughs> <laughs> President's shot, we're not going to finish this day. I'm just going to go home and eat a sandwich, guys. I'll see you later. Bye. No crust. No crust on it at all. Oh, crust, that's nasty. You put crust on me, that's a that's conspiracy against me. I'll kill the fucking president, I swear to God. <laughs> uh, Oswald was also observed as being nervous and jittery on the bus and hopped off as soon as he realized it was taking him back to the scene of the crime. Then he went home and grabbed a fucking gun and shot a police officer who stopped him and tried to kill more police officers when he was arrested. Uh, none of that exactly screams completely innocent man who was framed to me. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> when he was getting arrested in the, the theater, he was say, well, I'm not resisting. Yeah, after he tried to fight. After he pulled a gun and punched a cop and all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After he resisted. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
Yeah. You guys are out alive. <laughs> I think we talked about this in our, you know, very second episode of all time. We were talking about, were you a bully? Who was a bully? And I'm talking about this kid that I was fighting. And I'm just, you know, pummeling this kid for no reason. And then I stop realizing I'm about to get in trouble. And I stand up and he goes, fuck you, Chris. And I'm like, whoa, okay, you guys are out of line. Let's slow down. Nothing. No, I'm not. No, <laughs> no reason to be mad here, fella. You know, kind of the same thing. Lee Harvey Oswald's like, punched the cop, pulls a gun, tries to shoot him. The The action of the revolver actually got caught on the cop's hand. That's the only reason a shot doesn't go off. He's like, oh, oh okay, cool, cool, cool. Like you said last time. Base. Home base, motherfuckers. Yep. Home base. <laughs> <laughs> and also, all this ignores that he left all the money he had in the world and his wedding ring with Marina the morning he left to go fucking shoot the president. You know, typical stuff. Normal things. Yeah. Normal things. Yeah. I usually leave my ring on the table when I'm, you know, going to meet up with, with the boys, the friends, mm-hmm. the bathhouse. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, whatever. <laughs> See, I like to take it off and drop it in the toilet at the bathhouse. It's like, no one's married tonight, fellas. All right, let's have some fun. Whoa. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah. And then I frantically, afterward, like, shamefully dig the, the ring out of the toilet. Like, oh, God, what is wrong with me? What the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> I have a family. <laughs> it's not worth this risk. <laughs> <laughs> risk. <laughs> yeah, when I go gay, I go Delta Burke, just so you know. Just complete fucking designing women. <laughs> I'm in my full fucking oh, Scarlet O'Hara dress when I go to the bathhouse, buddy. Delta Burr. <laughs> okay, so after hearing all those facts, listener, I'm going to ask you, was Oswald on the sixth floor? Did he fire the rifle that he may or may not have owned and that was later determined to be the rifle that actually killed President Kennedy? We... May never know. Well, listener, maybe you're willing to accept the idea that Lee Harvey Oswald was involved in the shooting of JFK. But Greg, you say, it's obvious that there was a second shooter that shot JFK from the front. Just open your eyes, man. <laughs> if you're in this camp, you probably point to a few things to support your theory. I'm sorry, I don't appreciate the way you talk to our listener right there. Obviously, they sound much more intelligent. They have Vivaldi's Four Seasonings. Seasonings? They have Vivaldi's Four Seasonings playing behind them. It's thyme, <laughs> rosemary, parsley, and sage playing behind <laughs> <laughs> Well, Greg, <laughs> I'll have you know. <laughs> First, it's not clear how many shots were fired from the book depository, and it's impossible for Oswald to have fired all three shots in an eight-second time frame. Second, eyewitnesses saw shooters on the grassy knoll ahead of the car. And third... Any idiot can watch the Zapruder film and see that when JFK is shot in the brains, his head jerks back and to the left. These things are all impossible to explain without adding another shooter. Or two or three or five or six. Actually, my theory is everyone at Dealey Plaza that day had a gun. Submachine guns. And they're all pointing them at each other, like the end of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Slowly, this Lincoln drives in the middle, and everybody just starts fucking shooting at each other, and he just gets caught in the crossfire. That's my theory. Disprove it, America. Yeah, stupid idiots. 
Well, let's look at the shots. I love shots. So, I'm kind of an expert. (laughs) 98% of eyewitnesses said they heard three shots when interviewed by the FBI and the Warren Commission. 98%. Yeah. Conveniently, three shell casings were found on the sixth floor of the book depository. Yeah, but 98% of people are idiots. Everybody knows that, Greg. Okay. Well, what if the other 2% were right? In 1978, a second government investigation, the House Select Committee on Assassinations, determined there were actually four shots fired. They based this on a recording of a Dallas police motorcycle officer's radio. They believed that this recording captured the assassination and was from an officer present at the scene. Well, further analysis revealed that the motorcycle was nowhere near Dealey Plaza, which should have been obvious from the lack of screams and crowd noise on the recording. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, we picked up these shots, and no other fucking noise whatsoever. You got some birds. Yeah. <laughs> Dude farts. Yeah, some guy saying, yeah, <laughs> pick it up from a sandwich from Jimmy's on 2nd and Fitzhugh now, right now, you know, 16 miles away from Dealey Plaza. You guys let me know if anything bad happens. So yeah, as you described it, as well as multiple acoustic tests corroborated, it's widely accepted there were only three shots. I don't know if you guys have ever been in a large area, like a downtown area with skyscrapers, but when there are very large sounds, they reverberate, they echo. No, Greg, all of our listeners live on the farm. Yeah! What is this newfangled thing called podcast? Hey! <laughs> I don't know if you guys are like me and have ever been to a large metropolis. Where they have multiple buildings where sounds hey, no big bounce deal, around. No big deal. <laughs> okay. Come on, guys. Where do you guys think the jazz bars with all the MILFs exist? Mm. I gotta go into the big city <laughs> to get that MILF titty. <laughs> <laughs> but could Oswald have fired all three shots in eight seconds? A hundred percent yes. Yeah, it's a stupid question. Following the assassination, the same model of rifle was given to U.S. Marine marksmen, and they were asked to fire and operate the bolt of the rifle as quickly as they could while still putting two shots on target. All of them were able to do it well within the time. Multiple actually improved upon his time. Not only was Oswald a marksman, his wife Marina said he was constantly playing with his rifle and practicing working the bolt on the front porch of their home. So, he made this second nature. And that's evidenced by the fact that after the uh, he fired the third shot, even though he was done firing, he still ejected the shell, racked another round into the chamber before he left. Yeah. Because it was muscle memory at that point. That's just what you do after you fire a shot, you get the next one ready. He was done. He knew he was done and still did that. Yeah, a lot of this comes from the idea that is put out there by uh, several conspiracy theory authors, including James Garrison, who we'll mention later who try and say that Oswald was not a good shot. He was not a good shooter. He was an average shooter, which we both know. It's so stupid. It's just made up nonsense. He was a sharpshooter who downgraded a marksman, which is still really fucking good. And so they, they're they like, oh, yeah, there's no way this amateur could have cycled the bolt that many times. It's like, no, he wasn't an amateur, first of all. Literally a professional. Very familiar with the rifle. Spent all day playing with his rifle. And, uh, you know, it all makes it, it all adds up once you actually look at the facts. But that's not fun, Greg. No, it's not. Facts aren't fun. So, what is an amateur and what is a professional? 
Yeah. The dude was in the U.S. Marine Corps, Mm -hmm. got a sharpshooter badge, was downgraded to marksman, which is standing with no support. What, What the fuck is a professional? 200 fucking yards, which is a long shot standing. Iron sighted. Now he's got a fucking 4X scope. From 60 yards away. Yeah. I think even an amateur can make that fucking shot. I could hand that gun to my wife, who's the only gun she's ever handled my is wife. a revolver. She points at me, you know? And she can't hit shit with that because she shot and missed me like seven times, stupid <laughs> bitch. <laughs> no, but I, I do think that it's a ridiculous assertion to think that he couldn't cycle this bolt eight, you know, three times in eight seconds. It's just nonsense. Well, especially since the way this is calculated is he aimed, you know, steadied the aim, fired the mm-hmm. first shot. That's when time begins. Right. So in that time, can he not cycle the bolt twice, take aim, and fire at something that was 40 and then 60 yards away during that time? It's stupid. Yep. Well, still, multiple witnesses say they saw someone suspicious on the grassy knoll, and at least one saying he saw someone actually firing a gun. To consider their stories, we have to ignore the fact that they are in the vast minority. They didn't come forward for years, and eyewitness testimony becomes increasingly unreliable as more time passes. One witness, Jean Hill, has been featured in several articles and books, and even wrote her own book claiming that there was a man on the grassy knoll who fired at the president and then took off running as she bravely chased after him, but he got away. But, okay, I'll let you finish, but yeah, obviously, when you see somebody shoot the president, you chase them, unarmed woman, in the 1960s. Yes, this isn't you just trying to be a hero, make up a fucking story. Go ahead. Yeah, this is so stupid. <laughs> Here are the problems with Jean Hill's story. She initially said she saw a white dog in the Kennedy's car. There wasn't. Then she said she thought they were flowers. Well, those were red. (laughs) Then she said she heard Jackie shout someone had killed JFK. The people in the car said Jackie didn't say anything at all. She said that people were exchanging fire with the gunman. They weren't. She said she chased the shooter, but photographs show other people running up the grassy knoll while Hill stood by her friend. The man she said she chased? Jack Ruby. But she changed that story when people made fun of her. Most importantly, within a half hour of the shooting, she was interviewed by a television crew. They asked Hill if she saw anybody or anything that drew her attention. She said no. Nah. Eh. Just that guy I chased who was bleeding and (laughs) it shot at the president. Just all that other shit I said. Other than that, no. You know, I beat the shit out of him, but he still got away. (laughs) My knife is still buried in his back. If you find a knife with initials J.H. in in the blade buried in the back of a man with a semi-automatic rifle... (laughs) <laughs> that just seals a deal, doesn't it? You know it? who to thank, then, don't you? <laughs> Another man who waited 15 years to come forward said that he saw the shooter. But records show that witness wasn't even in Dallas that day. When asked why he wasn't in photographs, he said he was lying flat on the ground to avoid gunshots. Huh, genius! That's what I do every time I go outside. I just <laughs> lay on the ground. Like, at the fucking... Walmart parking lot just crawling. I prone crawl everywhere. It's the smart (laughs) thing to do, especially in these trying times. It's a good workout. Not gonna lie. (laughs) And yet another witness said he saw a cloud of gun smoke come from the fence behind the grassy knoll and saw a man standing there. This witness was on the bridge on the highway and was a long distance away. 
no one with them saw the same thing. Plus, rifles made in that era didn't produce large clouds of smoke that hung in the air. Sitting well, what fucking... if he was killed with a musket, Greg? <laughs> yeah. What is in the fucking Revolutionary War? <laughs> God damn it. You imagine you have this conspiracy to kill the president, and like some jackass shows up with a fucking flintlock. He's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, guys, it's my thing. I have, you guys have your thing, I have mine. I'm all Flinty Lock McGee. That's what they call me. Okay, if that was in just under nine seconds, it would be understandable that yes. something's fucked up here. <laughs> That's why they didn't find the extra bullet, because it was actually a musket ball. Stupid idiots. <laughs> He's standing next to him on the grassy knolls, a little guy, little kid with a drum. <laughs> Play the drum is the, the you know, thing comes close. He's like, okay, now I'm getting ready. He like kneels down. I like it. I like this fake scenario. Or is it? Well, the guy who ran to the parking lot on the other side of the fence didn't see anyone standing there. And later, when a police officer was searching the area, he burned his hand on a steam pipe in that exact same location. Yeah, and, and like you said, smoke won't hang in the air from modern rifle. Also, the weather that day was nice and warm. Smoke won't hang in those, you know, temperatures and that climate either. It's probably steam. I'm just going to say it's probably steam he saw, right? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) But what about that Zapruder film that so obviously shows JFK's head snapping back? Many theorize that the back into the left motion indicates he was shot from the front. Also... Some doctors at Parkland Hospital have said that they believe the wound on the back of his head was larger than the wound on the front, meaning that the bullet exited the back of Kennedy's head, because as a bullet travels through something, mm-hmm. all of the stored energy is going to come out of the exit, because everything right. is compressed inside of the body, the head, whatever. Right. In the 1970s, the Zapruder film was further analyzed, and in super slow motion, it is very apparent that when Kennedy is shot, his head actually moves a bit forward before lurching back. Still, some theorists claim that the force of the bullet would move Kennedy's head forward in an even more dramatic fashion. Because they are all physics experts, Greg. Well, that is actually when physics comes in. Oh. For every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. What idiot said that? (laughs) Oh, I don't know. Some stupid dummy from back of the day. (laughs) So when the bullet entered the back of the president's skull, it carried so much energy and force that it exploded out the front. This explosion pushed outward, and as it did so, it pushed Kennedy's head backward. Right? Get it? Does it make sense? Yeah. It's called the jet propulsion theory. Think about a jet or a rocket. They how their tails are shaped, and they have that that uh, what do you call that conical back? Conical, yeah. Well, the the, cone it's, the, it's yeah, it's a conical shape. Yeah, on the very bottom of a rocket, you have that cone. Mm. That's there for a fucking reason. It causes pressure to build, mm-hmm. and when that pressure builds and explodes out the other side, it pushes upward or the other direction. It's kind of the same thing with the head. Uh, think about any sort of fire hose you've ever seen on the on a video or. Maybe held if you're a fireman, it pushes backward on you. That's why it takes multiple people to hold that thing, right? Because it's heavy and it pushes backwards, and there's a lot of force involved. Right. As it's pushing forward, it's also pushing backward. Same thing with a president's head. Well, as it's propelling forward, yes, the force is going backward. Yes, pushing backward as well, pushing his head back. 
No, you're 100% right, and those are great examples. Well, in addition to that, like, the bullet destroyed the president's cortex, and it's well documented that when this happens, the muscles along the spinal cord actually seize up and the neck tightens, causing the head to actually jerk backwards. I don't know, though. Maybe there was a... Probably still aliens. Yeah, it's probably still aliens. Have you heard the theory that JFK stood up and shot himself in the middle of Dealey Plaza, and they edited the Zabruder film to make it look like he didn't? Did you no, ever think about that, no, Greg? No, I did not hear that. <laughs> <laughs> well, while some doctors at Parkland claim the wound was larger in back than in front, no actual evaluation of the head was done. Yeah, so basically the trauma surgeon, the neurosurgeon, walks in and goes, Oh, shit. This guy's head's more fucked than Steve's mom's vagina. And he looks up. Oh, man. He's like, he's like oh, shit. I'm sorry, Miss Kennedy. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He looks <laughs> over. Turns his head slightly. Steve's mom, what are you doing here? Oh, shit. I have really stepped in it today. I am having the worst day. Not worse than this guy. I'm right. Oh, I'm sorry again, Miss Kennedy. I, I I'm so, yeah, I quit. I'm so sorry. I quit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys don't need me. He's fucking dead. Oh, God damn it. I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow and that ends the foot in the mouth neurosurgeon skit the president was never even turned over until his autopsy at bethesda where they determined that he had been shot two times both from behind mm. <laughs> noted forensic pathologist dr michael bodden who testified before the house committee in 1978 reviewed the autopsy x-rays and photos and confirmed this finding. He also pointed out that surgeons aren't medical examiners, and he spent his whole career fixing their misdiagnoses. So, if we can't prove that there were ever more than three shots, our first-hand witnesses are completely unreliable, and the medical evidence backs the idea that Kennedy was shot from behind at angles that track right back to the window on the sixth floor. Can we say that there was no grassy knoll shooter? Maybe we can. Or maybe we can't. Getting sued. <laughs> well, Greg, I have nothing but questions now. Even though you've provided nothing but answers so far, I just have questions. And I think it's time for me to take a break and go think about these questions. Then drink more whiskey. And it'll make me smarter, more able to contemplate this this very confusing story that isn't straightforward at all so far. You know, when I'm not sure about something and, you know, I don't feel necessarily confident about how I feel, mm -hmm. I drink more whiskey. Uh, and it, yeah, and it, it makes me more confident. Yeah. Even if I get thrown out of the Applebee's, whatever. <laughs> you know what? I feel good yeah. doing it. Isn't that what it's all about? That's like the time that I didn't think I could beat up that guy, and I got super drunk and challenged to do a fight, and I woke up three days later. You know, yeah, no, I understand what you mean completely. I it 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 gives you the confidence. Yeah, that's, that's what we need in this world. My wife was with her boyfriend one time, and I wasn't allowed to come home. Mm -hmm. You know, they they changed the locks, and you know, okay, okay then. So I went to a local bar, and I was like, you know what, I can do better. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, I sucked a dude's dick in the parking lot. I win. I win. <laughs> you do. Okay, well, let's go to break. <laughs> oh, there's going to be a, 
additional punch. Like, just, nope, I sucked a guy's dick. Fuck you. <laughs> like, I got some, too. Because a dude fucks my wife. <laughs> We're even, motherfucker. We can both suck dicks. How about that? Stupid wife. <laughs> I did better than her. Yeah. I learned from her mistakes. Welcome back, guys. We are back from break. Had a few drinks. Hello. In the first half, we told you we basically 100% proved Lee Harvey Oswald fired three shots from the sixth floor of the book depository on Elm Street, and he acted alone. There was no other shots fired. No one shot from the front at JFK. What else do you need? And if you need something else... I don't know, send an email or something. I don't really care what you have to say. You're nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, though, I, we're going to try and wrap this up succinctly, um, try and do this in a timely manner. I could do a full-blown podcast, series, whatever, 10 episodes debunking all of these conspiracy theories and why they don't make sense and you know, responding to listeners and all that Um because there's so much strong belief out there behind different theories and like that. And I'm sure our listeners have those. But like I've said before, our listeners are idiots. So I don't really care what they have to say. Hmm. <laughs> well, I, I I agree, Chris. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I was going to play the other side, but I can't. I can't. Our listeners are all idiots. No, that's not true. That's not true. We neither one of us believes that. We don't think you guys are idiots. We do think. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> I'm back on the side that they're not idiots. <laughs> I don't just follow Chris blindly. Oh, I like this. I like this new power dynamic. It's called a power bottom for a reason, Chris. <laughs> okay. Yes, uh, that's how I'm going to introduce myself from now on. I'm no longer sexy host, Chris. I am power bottom, Chris. Power bottom host, Chris. Nice, Makes sense. nice to meet you. I control this with my bottom. <laughs> it's a false sense of control. <laughs> well, maybe at this point you haven't already sent us that angry email saying we're all idiots and here's why. Uh, and you are willing to accept the fact that JFK was killed by Oswald and Oswald alone. But surely someone had to put him up to it, right, Greg? Definitely. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Maybe it was Russia. Maybe Cuba. The FBI? The CIA? Was it Greg's wife's boyfriend? Whoa! If he was involved, he definitely wasn't the shooter. He told me he shoots blanks, so... <laughs> Nothing to worry about there. I think we're good. Okay, let's start with the CIA and the FBI who are frequently blamed for this assassination. The CIA theory involves the recruiting of Oswald to kill the president while also having someone pose as Oswald to travel to Mexico to ask if he can defect to Cuba or the Soviet Union. And the only tangible link to this theory is a CIA document that identified someone entering the Soviet embassy as Oswald with his name misspelled and a photograph and description that did not match him at all. Obviously, someone was impersonating Oswald. Obviously. Yeah, so the whole thinking is, uh, it could have been Lee Harvey Oswald that killed the president, because Lee Harvey Oswald was in Mexico, trying to go to the Soviet Union or Cuba, right? 
Completely different guy. Well, we're up here training him to kill the president. No, it wasn't him. (laughs) (laughs) Now, of course, this theory ignores the fact that the handwriting on Oswald's Cuban immigration application matched his own, and that the turned-in photographs as a part of this application were clearly pictures of Oswald. Well, somehow, to these conspiracy theorists, it is more plausible that the Cuban embassy didn't recognize the photos in the application were of a completely different person than the CIA agents in Mexico misidentified a random dude going to the embassy. Duh! Yeah. Open your eyes, <laughs> yeah. sheeple! Uh, yeah. There's also a memo from the CIA to the FBI letting them know that Oswald had been seen going into the Cuban embassy in Mexico City. At the time, the FBI was heavily involved in investigating possible communist threats to the United States. So, according to these conspiracy buffs, the CIA either wanted to throw the FBI off of the real Oswald's trail, or they wanted to continue the ruse that Oswald was a Marxist who hated the United States so they could later frame him for the assassination of JFK. Makes perfect sense. Right? Oh, hey, we saw this American go in the Soviet embassy. You think you guys who investigate communists want to know about that? Why? Why would you tell us that? What is he up to? Ooh, it's a <laughs> secret. Of course, there isn't a shred of evidence to support the claim that Oswald was working for the CIA. Now, it is true that the FBI had a file on Oswald and had looked into him since his return from Soviet Russia in 1962. They'd interviewed his wife Marina and Ruth Payne, who Marina was living with in Irving, Texas. The FBI even interviewed Oswald twice, prompting Oswald to write an anonymous, threatening letter to the FBI and Agent James Hosty, who was investigating Oswald, and also inventing snack cakes. Well, Agent Hosty had later destroyed this letter under orders from higher-ups, prompting people to believe that the FBI had framed Oswald. But, uh, Greg, if this note existed, and Agent Hosty destroyed it, how did people find out about it? James fucking Hosty! He testified that he had destroyed it in 1975. But why would the agent who helped cover up the assassination of the president reveal evidence against him fucking self? And if he did reveal evidence of a top-level government cover-up, why did he stop there and not reveal the entire fucking plot? Hosty and the FBI's explanation was simple. They had investigated Oswald, determined he wasn't a threat to national security, and then, after learning Lee had shot the president destroyed evidence that would make it look like they had sucked at their job of investigating Oswald. Well, yeah, I mean, why do you think we delete older episodes? <laughs> Same thing. What are you hiding, Greg? What is Wolf Dick hiding when he deletes these files, Greg? <laughs> well, you can still find out if you're on the Patreon. Did Wolf Dick organize the killing of JFK? Yes. All right, well, we'll see you next time, guys. Case closed! (laughs) That is actually the ending of our main source, Case Closed. We have actually determined that it wasn't Lee Harvey Oswald or any of these people. It was an invalid producer of a podcast who was injured in a horse dancing accident and wears a gimp suit and a constant erection. End of story. (laughs) Okay, well, maybe the FBI didn't do it. Uh, We don't have any ties to the FBI or CIA specifically. So how about Cuba? Oswald was a staunch supporter of Fidel Castro and a known communist. But uh, surprisingly, or maybe not so surprisingly at this point, there isn't actually any evidence to support the idea that Cuba encouraged Oswald to kill Kennedy. And it wouldn't make any fucking sense if they had. They were a tiny island nation, 
and they were in no way prepared for this act of war against the United States. Yeah, it's just fucking stupid. I, I'm just, I'm done with these idiots. So, uh, since you, you say things like that, you say, hey, it doesn't make sense. Why would they do that? They say, well, actually, Greg, it was a plot by the anti-Castro Cubans to drive up the anti-Castro sentiment and leave, what? leave the U.S. to destroy Castro and Cuba. No! Yes! <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Oh, our evidence didn't make sense, so we just changed our whole viewpoint immediately. It's fine. It's, <laughs> now it makes sense. Well, one of these big anti-Castro witnesses, a lady named Sylvia Odio, claimed that Oswald visited her in September of 1963 with three Hispanic men and introduced himself as Leon Oswald. <laughs> Leon. I am Leon. Really throwing Oswald. them off their fucking trail right there. <laughs> <laughs> these guys were going around talking with people about the anti-Castro movement. And she, Sylvia, didn't see Leon Oswald again until after the news reports of the assassination when she recognized Lee Harvey Oswald to be the same Leon Oswald that had visited her before. Of course she did. That doesn't make sense. Because that guy's name is Lee Harvey Oswald. This is Leon Harvey Oswald. Completely fucking different. What? Doesn't These are obviously different people. Obviously. Right? Yeah. Come on, stupid. Okay. <laughs> okay, so on the day she says this happened, we have tangible proof that Lee Harvey Oswald was in Mexico City. But maybe it was this impersonator. This fake Lee Harvey Oswald who went by Leon to throw everyone off his trail. Oh my god. Like a genius. What a smart man. So, if you ignore the fact that Lee Harvey Oswald wasn't even in the fucking country, you might want to know that Sylvia Odio had a history of psychiatric issues so severe that her children had been taken away from her. Sylvia also suffered frequent blackouts and delusions and had been under intense psychiatric care for the seven months leading up to the assassination. And, of course, no one else in her building or her neighborhood remembered ever meeting or seeing a Leon Oswald. Probably after the first apartment, he's like, Oh, that was a stupid fucking name, Leon Oswald. I really panicked there, guys. Now I'm going <laughs> by, uh, Lee Harvey Oz-Vald. Vald, I'm German. German. <laughs> yeah. Well, the link to Cuba is backed by absolutely no physical evidence. It is complete speculation. But we know that Oswald spent time in Russia after defecting in 1959, and although the Soviets weren't in any huge rush to fight a nuclear war against the United States, they were the only opposing superpower who might have been able to put up a fight. Well, the truth is, the KGB did have contact with Oswald and did interview him. So, we're done. Okay, Russia did it. Right, I'll see you next week. The end. Uh, but they were actually skeptical of him and wanted to make sure he wasn't an American spy. I wish I had this in one of our recent hangovers. It was Joseph uh, Byerly, who had escaped from an internment camp in Germany, fled to Russia, and then wanted to go back home. And neither country trusted him, neither Russia nor America, because they both thought he was a spy against the other country. And that's kind of what the KGB is doing here. They're making sure, it's like, why is this fucking American just showing up saying he wants to be in Russia all of a sudden? Right. Well, Oswald had no actual intelligence that the Russians needed. Uh, he tried to say, I, I worked with the U-2, and they knew all about the U-2 spy plane at that point. They let him stay in Russia after he slid his fucking wrist 
because they thought letting him die or deporting him would harm diplomatic relations with the United States. In 1964, a former KGB spy, Yuri Nosinko, defected to the United States. He came to the CIA saying he'd been in charge of evaluating Lee Harvey Oswald and keeping tabs on Oswald while he was in the Soviet Union. Nosenko claimed that they had determined Lee Harvey Oswald was just fucking crazy and he was of no use to the intelligence community. And it's kind of the exact same thing that happened in Mexico when he went to the Cuban embassy and was trying to go to Cuba and the Soviet Union. They're like, no, this guy's fucking crazy. No fucking way. He, he hurts our cause more than he helps it. Well, over the next three and a half years, Nosenko was kept in solitary confinement in the United States and he was subjected to advanced interrogation techniques, which, uh, that means they tortured the shit out of him and fed him some drugs put clothespins on his balls <laughs> tell us the truth it's kind of my kink just saying no big deal <laughs> but no Senko's story never changed he was given two polygraphs during that time where he was stressed starved and sleep deprived and failed when the polygrapher said that he had lied about every single question which if you guys don't know the way a polygraph works it measures changes in your heart rate sweating blood pressure, those kinds of things. And, of course, these things are going to be elevated and erratic when you've been starved, beaten, tortured, drugged, etc. They said one time before he was given a test, the doctor went in there and, like, gave him a full rectal exam. But, like, you know, <laughs> rectal exam. And then sat him down on the stool and said, hey, tell us the truth. And he's like, fuck, man, I, I can barely, like, sit down right now, what you guys just did to me. Oh, I'll tell you the truth, baby. <laughs> Ooh, I'll tell you the truth, nothing but the truth. Give it all to me. Woo! Just do that again. You get everything uh, out of me. Yeah. Oh, I'll give you the truth all day. Well, in 1968, all of this stuff was relaxed. He was given a nice house, and then he was given another polygraph, and he was asked about Oswald under normal conditions, and he passed with flying colors. Other than the fact that Lee Harvey Oswald spent two-plus years living in Russia, there is no link to suggest that the Soviets had anything to do with the assassination. And of course, all of these theories that say someone backed Oswald and they helped him set up this assassination are complicated by his own actions following the assassination. Why would anyone allow Oswald to kill Kennedy and then let him get on a fucking bus, then a taxi, then go home, and then be captured by the police? I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he was a little minnow. <laughs> and they were just trying to track him around, capture him, somebody with a kink. Ooh. Just like watching him like, oh, yeah, he shot him. Oh, now he's getting on a bus. Oh, <laughs> bus is coming back here. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think it's a taxi. He goes home. He gets a revolver. <laughs> oh, dude. I'm almost at full torque at this point. <laughs> then he kills a cop. Oh. Almost nuts, goes into a theater, surrounded. Oh, dude. Come on. <laughs> Write a better story. Right? I dare you. Oh, wait. Hundreds of people have. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. And I was like, fucking shoving popcorn in the face. Oh, what's this fucker going to do next? <laughs> <laughs> what an idiot. Why wouldn't any of these people who organized this assassination have transport arranged? Why would they risk letting anyone find Lee Harvey Oswald at all? Why wouldn't they just fucking kill him instead? Greg? I just spilled the nut on my theory <laughs> two sentences ago. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're correct. 
No, it doesn't make any fucking sense unless it's a kink. That That's my explanation for all of history. Nothing that happened made sense unless someone got off doing it. Boom. But, I don't know. Let me just put something forward here. Okay. Maybe Jack Ruby did it. Jack Ruby silenced Oswald, right? Maybe. If it's not my kink mm-hmm. that I have jacked off to 800 times, maybe it's Jack Ruby. Oh. That kind of makes sense, because Jack Ruby supposedly had mob ties. And it kind of was convenient that he killed Oswald before Oswald confessed anything. Right? Seems convenient. It's very compelling. Until you actually look at the fucking facts. First, Ruby was kind of cuckoo for Coke Puffs. He took amphetamines as diet pills. He spent the two days after the assassination literally crying about it and told everyone he met he couldn't believe it happened. And remember last episode how he told you that it was public knowledge that Oswald would be transferred from police headquarters to jail at 10 a.m.? That's right. Well, he wasn't actually transferred until well after 11, which no one could have known beforehand. Ruby was actually at the Western Union office across the street paying a bill when he wandered out and saw a commotion around the police headquarters. Ruby was known for just showing up at random places because he wanted to be a part of the action, and he just walked on down the ramp to the parking garage under police headquarters when an officer turned his back. Ruby testified that him killing Oswald was motivated by his sorrow over the death of Kennedy, and he was just plain lucky to have been there when he was. The facts back him up. Or do they? Now what about the Mafia? There are several theories that involve the mob having JFK killed by Oswald, or a secret second shooter, because his brother Robert had been cracking down on organized crime. And Ruby had ties to organized crime, right? So it makes sense that they'd send him to silence Oswald. It's all adding up. Even though we've kind of said it isn't so far, but it's all adding up. It's coming together. It's about to add up and come together. (laughs) Now at the time, the FBI had wiretaps on all the major players in the Mafia, and not once did any of them mention the names Lee Harvey Oswald or Jack Ruby. But maybe they were just smart about it. Even if they were idiots and talked about their other numerous crimes all the damn time. Yeah. They had no idea they were tapped and had microphones in their headquarters, but they were like, Let's not talk about Jack Ruby or Lee Harvey. Don't say that out. <laughs> Never say these words out loud. <laughs> First, let's look at Jack Ruby. Dallas police investigators knew Jack Ruby, and they also knew who was tied to the mafia in their city, and had no suspicion that Ruby was actually involved in mob activities. Further, several mob members would testify that they believed Ruby was a snitch because he was so friendly with police. Jack wanted people to like him, and would tell them anything and everything about his life. It was well known that he sucked ass at keeping any kind of secret. Yeah, Ruby was this guy who wanted to be a part of something. He wanted to be a big shot. And so even the day of the assassination, he goes to headquarters and pretends to be a translator for foreign press. So he could ask questions, just hang out. And like, tries to open the door to go into Oswald's interrogation. They're like, hey, hey, Jack, just step back. The police are letting him in there because they know him all really well. He has a gun in his pocket and sees Oswald pass him in the hall at police headquarters. So it's kind of like if he was there to silence Oswald so he couldn't say that Oswald was tied to the mob, would he have shot him that first time before Oswald is interrogated for fucking like 
28 hours. <laughs> right. Well, in fact, the only tenuous link between Jack Ruby and the Mafia was the fact that he complained about another nightclub taking his business to his union, which was heavily under the influence of the Mafia. The union ignored his complaint and sided with the other nightclub, which was actually owned by the Mafia. In 1964, Ruby took a polygraph which showed he was being truthful about acting alone in his decision to kill Lee Harvey Oswald. So what about Oswald? What were his ties to the Mafia? Several theories involve him being tied to the New Orleans mob, for some reason. So where does that come from? He's a big fan of that Facebook game from 2009, uh, Mafia Boss, where you had to like hire people and get your friends involved. He played that a lot. So everybody's like, this guy obviously has ties to the Mafia. I don't know what that is. Oh, look at me. I'm too cool for Facebook games from 2009. Oh, I'm great. Don't know what that is. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, six of our listeners do, and they're dying in hysterics right now. <laughs> well, it came from a district attorney completely making shit up to grandstand and make a name for himself. The man in question was Jim Garrison, district attorney for New Orleans, and the basis of the main character of Oliver Stone's movie, JFK. Why do you call it that? I don't know. <laughs> Some things just have to remain a mystery in life, Chris. That's true. Even before getting involved with the JFK case, Garrison was known for lying his ass off for attention. As soon as he was elected, he had his predecessor arrested on false corruption charges that were eventually dropped. He did the same to judges who opposed him. He often said that he knew that arrests got headlines and no one read stories about detractors or dropped cases. In 1966, he decided to formally investigate the assassination of JFK. Garrison had supposedly received information leaking Lee Harvey Oswald with a local pilot and known associate of the New Orleans Mauve. Mauve? Mauve. New Orleans Purple. Yes. <laughs> New Orleans Mob, David Ferry. The FBI quickly determined that this was bullshit, but that didn't stop Garrison. Because the FBI was in on it, Greg. They know what's up. Well, of course. Mm -hmm. Ferry had traveled to Houston on the night of the assassination and used a payphone at an ice skating rink. Garrison believed that this phone call was made so that Ferry could arrange to pick up Oswald and fly him out of the country. The FBI had found that Ferry's plane wasn't capable of actually flying at the time. So, imagine the president gets killed and you're David Ferry and his friends. So, you know what would cheer me up? Ice skating. Where's the nearest ice rink? Houston? That's like a five-hour drive. It's fine. Let's go have a nice little vacation in Texas. So they go to Houston. They go ice skating. You're out there doing, like, triple axles and having all sorts of fun with your friends. And all of a sudden, that becomes the centerpiece of some fucking conspiracy saying you killed the fucking president. That's what you get doing triple axles. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Don't be a fucking show-off, David Ferry. <laughs> Well, Garrison then took a bunch of investigators to a small town and found 300 witnesses who claimed they had seen Oswald and Ferry together, an event designed to encourage black people in the town to vote. Oh, that's damning. That's damning for sure. Well, upon examining the interviews, it was later determined that Garrison's investigators had coached the witnesses and had corrected anything that didn't line up with their story, like the fact that many believed Oswald had been there in early October when he would have been working at the book depository. Another attorney and known liar, Dean Andrews, contacted Garrison and told him that a man by the name of Clay Bertrand 
had contacted him and asked for legal representation for Oswald on the day of the shooting. Andrews would give two different physical descriptions of Clay Bertrand, claim he was a bisexual, and then tell both the FBI and the Warren Commission that he had made Bertrand up because he was quote-unquote smoking weed, which everyone knows the devil's lettuce makes you have vivid, grandiose hallucinations. Yes, exactly what it does. Makes up witnesses to murders. <laughs> Every time you smoke the pot. Garrison figured that didn't matter, and he decided that Clay Bertrand was actually Clay Shaw, a local civic leader who was gay. He said that homosexuals, quote, always change their last names, but never their first names, end quote. Unlike those heterosexuals get married, change everything. <laughs> when confronted with the fact that Clay Shaw didn't match either description given of the fake Clay Bertrand, Garrison decided that Dean Andrews had made up those descriptions to throw the FBI off his trail. <laughs> no two men can be named Clay, so obviously this guy has thrown them for a loop by describing him different and giving a last name that is different from the other last name. It makes sense. It's all coming together. <laughs> Garrison attempted to bribe people to be witnesses. He offered to pay one man to knock David Ferry out, inject him with truth serum, and then interrogate him. Mm -hmm. That offer was declined. Ah, uh, why though? It may... Right? Yeah, it's reasonable. At first, Garrison said the plot to kill JFK was a gay conspiracy because David Ferry and Clay Shaw were both gay, and he just up and decided that Oswald was bisexual. Then he said it was a plot by those who were anti-Castro. When he decided this, he brought in a well-known anti-Castro advocate put a rifle in front of him, and left the room, hoping the advocate would touch the rifle and leave his prints on it. Of course, the advocate wasn't a dumbass and didn't fall for it. This all seems very ethical and straightforward. <laughs> a short time later, David Ferry died from an aneurysm. Jim Garrison told the press it was a suicide because Ferry knew he was guilty. He then turned his attention back to Clay Shaw and had him arrested in June of 1967 with absolutely no evidence. He then found a witness who gave statements on two separate occasions saying that Clay Shaw never met Oswald, and on a third occasion had the witness hypnotized and force-fed him a story about Oswald meeting up with Shaw and Ferry at a party. Dude, I fucking hate this man. I do too. <laughs> yeah. God. And even then, okay, let's say this guy's, yeah, I saw Oswald, Shaw, and Ferry all hang out at a party. None of that proves anything as far as these guys being involved in the assassination of JFK. Right. Like, yeah. oh yeah, I, I saw Lee Harvey Oswald talking to this gas attendant at the at the gas station, and that guy took money from him. So obviously, the guy who sold him He's that lottery ticket killed JFK. Get him, boys! <laughs> the trial wouldn't be held for another two years. In the meantime, Garrison went on national media spouting various different conspiracy theories, such as ones involving a Nazi plot and one where six different shooters were involved in the assassination. Anytime someone called him out, he'd either completely switch up his theory or say they were part of the larger conspiracy against him and his search for the truth. Classic conspiracy theorist goalpost oh, yeah. moving, yeah. Move the goalpost, deflect, deflect, deflect. When Clay Shaw finally did go on trial, Garrison's case was so weak that he instead focused on the Warren Commission. He called Marina Oswald and Dealey Plaza witnesses to the stand. 
He showed the Zapruder film ten times and spouted the famous back into the left line, and he had an incorrectly drawn diagram showing the route of the debunked magic bullet. It was 45 minutes for the jury to acquit Clay Shaw. Shaw would wind up spending over $200,000 on his legal defense and would die before his lawsuit against Jim Garrison and the DA's office could go to trial. Jim Garrison would lose his re-election bid and would say the FBI and CIA fixed the results. <laughs> Despite his complete lack of evidence for any of his conspiracy theories and his evidence that was debunked by scientific fact, Oliver Stone still paid Garrison for his story and made the 1992 hit film JFK, which historically speaking is complete and fucking utter bullshit. Yes, sir. So why focus on Garrison so much? It's important to look at one of the leading conspiracy theorists and see how his mind works. When confronted with facts, he just changed the story or ignored them. Everything he presented was an exaggeration or complete lie. It's a common tactic of the conspiracy theorist author to twist the evidence to fit their narrative and ignore the rest. And it's easy to sell because it's usually a more fun and interesting story than the actual truth. But here we are to piss on your parade once more. <laughs> In the end, it's hard to see a world where the majority accepts the official account because each year new and exciting conspiracy theories come up and the original story stays the same buried in a 27-volume report that almost no one will ever read. You might not agree with us, but hopefully you realize we don't care because we're never wrong about anything. End of story. <laughs> we did it! We solved the murder! Oh my god, finally! Somebody did it! 57 years after everyone else actually solved the fucking murder! <laughs> We solved it again! Yeah, we did it! Woo! Alright, Greg. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this thing here. How about this? What are you hiding with your surprises? Your misconceptions? Or even just your closing thoughts on this murder? Okay, I'll tackle this, and it's more of a closing thoughts okay. than a surprise or misconception. I feel like with a lot of conspiracies, this is the case. People want there to be a deeper meaning. For some people, it's like, oh, this is too simple. And some people, they, they want there to be, they need there to be something that's more complex than the reality. But I think it was one man that did one thing, and it's, it's hard to accept that. It's hard to accept yeah. that one simple man can completely change the course of human history. I think for a lot of people, it's more comfortable to believe that there is this this giant underbelly of society that's, you know, pulling and tugging at the strings. I don't believe that. I'm nodding at you because I completely agree. I think a lot of people struggle with the idea that a great man could be killed by a loser. There has to be more on the loser's side. The loser needs support to be equal with a great man. Otherwise, we're all fucked. Yeah. And everything we believe in can be changed in an instant. Exactly. Bullets are a great equalizer. Anybody, bullets don't care who's shooting and who's getting hit. None of that matters. I agree with you. I think they need that complexity because it it helps, in a weird way, make sense of things for them. Damn, I think I think you said everything I wanted to say, honestly. Um, yeah, well, I was talking about uh, Vincent Bugliosi, who wrote Reclaiming History, and one of his opening things is, if this is any other murder, 
if it's just a man shooting a man from the sixth floor of a building while he's driving, and you have all this evidence, all these witnesses, everything backing him up, it is a 12-minute conviction. You know, it takes no fucking time at all. But because the victim is who he is, we need to find reason behind it. And I, yeah, I, I think you're right in that regard, and I, I really do think Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. He saw an opportunity to make a name for himself, you know, whatever. We'll never know his, his actual motives, but I, I think it was him and a gun, and he killed the president, and now, you know, we were just left in the world afterward, and, you know, maybe Jack Ruby fucked it all up for us by not allowing him to go to trial and present all this evidence to the public where they could see, yeah, Lee Harvey Oswald did it. And of course, listener, if you disagree, if you have other things you want to discuss, you can always contact us. You go to our website, Hunter Proof History, hit the contact us link, let us know what you think, and I'll be glad to argue with you on the internet all day because I have nothing better to do. HundredProofHistory.com slash go fuck yourself. <laughs> exactly. No, that's not right. We are open and receptive to your terrible fucking ideas and theories. And we're more than happy to tell you you're a fucking idiot. So, your terrible, awful ideas and theories yep. that aren't worth anything. <laughs> We're very receptive to them. Yes, because it makes us feel superior, because we can shoot them all down, because you're an idiot. Anyway, Greg, take us home. All right, boys and girls. As Chris said, find us on the website, hunterproofhistory.com. Join the Patreon. Get tons of old episodes. Get all of our backlog of hangover episodes. I think we're approaching 30 at this point. Getting near it, yeah. So, you know, do what you do. Otherwise, we will see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in. I said end. In. But don't judge me. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) You're wrong, listener. Goodbye. Bye. Yeah, if you're like, well, well, I guess I'm like, no, we don't have. To. I'm not a time. I'm not a time rock, motherfucker. Don't accuse me. You need like a little spitter, like you're a fucking wrestler trying to make weight in high school. I spit it out and save it for later. And then I pour it on my hamburgers. Oh, that's the worst <laughs> thing I've ever heard. God, I almost spit up my alcohol. <laughs> if I didn't have a dependency, I would have. <laughs> Explain to us what a neutron match is. Explain to me. Uh, so basically... I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, okay, fuck it. Then I, I was going to make it up, because I'm sure they look under a microscope. And- Jimmy Neutron saw the event. He sees every event in real time to him, which is in different times to <laughs> us. And what that means is that he's able to corroborate events within our lives over time, uh, from the birth of Jesus Christ, Alexander... JFK. So he's able to cooperate these events. He is he is one arbiter that's able to do that. That's what neutron matching means. Uh, please continue. Can't. Well, listener, maybe you're willing to accept sex. I quit the podcast. <laughs> I, I, I don't disagree. I didn't know if you were about to expand, but yeah. Well, that's what she said. And I never did, and here we are 40 years later. (laughs) Still married. Notice I didn't say happily. Reviewed the... Reviewed the... Shut up. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) So you did get the joke. (laughs) Yeah, I got the joke.
Okay. I thought it was funnier, I guess, than you thought it was. <laughs> I thought it was funny that 